Hey, it's Delvin. You might know me as the Dark Web from the Longbox Crusade. Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about what you're going to be listening to. This has come out to play. It's a New Warriors podcast based on the 1990s series, The New Warriors. The New Warriors ran 75 issues. And Jared, you might know him as Death Probe, possibly the yard sale artist. Jared and I are covering all 75 of these issues and we're doing it on YouTube channel. Since we have an awesome DJ and Pat Sampson, AKA DJ Cristados, he's gonna take these and he's gonna strip the audio from the YouTube recordings that we do every second Tuesday of the month, by the way, if you wanna listen there. He's gonna take those recordings and he's gonna just give you the audio recording. So if you're a little bit busy, like most people are from time to time, you have an extra opportunity to be able to just listen to the audio. So a little bit of a warning. It's going to be a little bit rough as, you know, some of the things are going to be comments and stuff that happen right in that moment. But you still get to listen to some New Warriors goodness. Have fun. And remember, New Warriors come out to play. Play, a New Warriors podcast, is streamed live in front of an internet audience. You can join in on the live stream and chat every second Tuesday of the month on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search for and follow Longbox Crusade. Finishing what I was saying, wanted to make sure everything was set up for him uh, before I came upstairs and uh, came upstairs uh, to play. Your mustache is looking especially mustachy today, Jared. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. Uh, bad news, though. That's the mustache pack. <laughs> Ooh. I'm out. I, I don't know what we're going to do. We that. Final episode, folks. Final episode. <laughs> Sounds like bad news, or is it good news, or is it bad? I, I'm not sure. It, mm. It's definitely news for for sure. <laughs> and while while you're bringing up uh, like you know whatever it is that you're clanging together, I would imagine you got a thing or two to clang, maybe possibly. I do yes. Want me to clank them? Okay. Should I clank them? Please, you should. Oh my god! Look at those bottles. They're nice bottles. They have mustaches. New Warriors. <laughs> Come out to play. Hold on, wait, wait. Before I start, are you out of fake mustaches because you used two fake mustaches on the bottles? No, these are all like the ones I've worn on previous episodes. I just stick them to the bottles one. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. In that case, I was gonna say you're a little bit wasteful with your body. You no, fake, no, no. You got some fake mustaches. You, you got a responsibility. Yeah, clearly. You know the, the rest. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, uh, to anyone still listening to this um, gobbledygook, this gibberish, by all means, please like and subscribe our channel, Long Boss Crusade. We are trying to grow following here, and we can't do that unless you click uh, like or subscribe. Jared's laughing. I was going to retweet the stream on my own Twitter. And I hit my phone and it's got face recognition. No, doesn't know who I am. You know the funny thing? <laughs> if if I like the times that I've shaved my beard and I've done the face recognition, the phone's like, mm-mm. mm-mm <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's me. It's it's my face. It's, it's, it's a just less, Yeah, there's just less hair. Like phone's yeah. like, no. Oh my goodness. Not playing at your spy. Oh yeah. YouTube, like, subscribe to us there. Like, subscribe to this uh, particular live stream. And welcome to Come Out to Play, a New Warriors podcast. I am Delvin, a.k.a. The Dark Web. If you're watching this via YouTube, I've already explained what you need to do. And in case you're new to the show, welcome. Come play with us as we talk about Marvel Comics, The New Warriors. Let me introduce my warriors at arms. Warrior in arms, excuse me. The Nova to my Night Thrasher. The Mustache to my uh, beard uh, and mustache. He is Jared Albrecht, a.k.a. the Yard Sale Artist. Welcome to the show, Jared. Well, it's good to be back. I was missing last episode. 
I believe. Yes, you were. Who, we missed who you. filled in last time? Jason Lady, I think. Jason Lady so, did, yes. Yes. Well, so, and uh, I think he did an all right job. So I'm glad to be back here at New Warriors headquarters, which is in a building owned by the Taylor Foundation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, are, the, the Taylor Foundation sh- strictly owned by Dwayne Taylor. Yes. Except no substitute. That's right. Yes. Who goes around as uh, Night Thrasher and yes. and tells everybody, like, Dwayne Taylor says you should do this. Yes. You, know, you can kind of see his v- eyes very, the mask. He's got the right height. But yeah. V- <laughs> very, very Tony Stark. Yeah. <laughs> from, from the 60s there. It's like. Yes. Dwayne. Dwayne. Oh, really? Tall, dark, handsome, debonair <laughs> gentleman yeah. who employs me says you should do this. And you can, in this case, you can see his eyes. It's like, hmm, hmm. It's like he should like occasionally like mix it up and be like, Dwight Taylor says that it's Dwayne Taylor. Oh, right, right. Yeah, because the people look and then they're, they're like, you know, the, the best defense that he has is like, if someone, if he's like, what? Do all black people have brown eyes? And the answer is yes. Literally yeah. all black people vast, do have vast brown majority. eyes. So, <laughs> yeah, so so that's so that's it. That's the only defense <laughs> that he has there. Like, and that's not a very good defense, if I'm honest mm-hmm. with you. Oh, yeah. Wow. Question. Do, do you have one of those for me? Do you have a question for I do. Me? I do. Oh, nice. I, the listeners are going to find out because we will eventually start talking about New Orleans. <laughs> We're going to eventually cover uh 29 and i think we're going to briefly cover the the four issue mini series that kind of came out in this era between 28 and 29 of mm-hmm. night pressure and i'll let you go into all that delvin but i just thought you know hey we're reading a mini series a four issue mini and off the top of your head what are uh one or two of your favorite four issue minis that you've ever read oh my god <laughs> jeez man I don't know. I've read so many at this point. I'll tell you the first one that came to mind. The first one that came to mind was Venom, Lethal Protector. Mm, uh, Because Venom was so doggone popular at the time, like being a foil to Spider-Man, that they made kind of a, not unprecedented, but kind of a big Marvel step and gave a bad guy, basically, his own miniseries. And so I was like, I remember being surprised by it. And then, of course, stop me if this sounds familiar, Mark Bagley drew the covers mm. to the whole miniseries. So it's like, okay, Bagley covers? I'm <laughs> on. I can't remember if he drew that miniseries or not. I can't I either. Say, I want to say he did, but I'm not going to put money on that. But Venom, um, Lethal Protector is the first one that came to mind. What about you? I didn't I realize this was going to be thrown back at me. Um Oh, All right, well, oh, just a couple of, uh, I should have thought this through. Off the top of my head, there was, I believe, a four-issue miniseries of, of Ninja Turtles by Archie Comics before they launched the regular series. I'm fond of that. Um, surprisingly enough, Delvin, as much crap as I give the X-Men on Amazing Spider-Man Chronicles, I, I just, I guess maybe because it hit me at the right age, I guess I was about 11 or so, really enjoyed uh, Kitty Pride and Wolverine's four-issue. Mini. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd mm-hmm. like to go back and revisit that and see if it still holds up. I bet it does. I bet it does. Spidey and Wolverine had a four-issue yeah. um, series that yeah. was pretty pretty big because uh, Spider-Man accidentally killed a man, and he didn't take it well. Uh, I, that's all I know from that series. And I, I would be absolutely remiss if I didn't mention probably like the most prominent four issues uh mini series in my life do you, you get where i'm going here with that you get where i'm going maybe yes no, no i was reading the comments i wasn't paying attention <laughs> trans transformers ah that was issue like, 80 I mean, of that, a four issue mini series <laughs> that was supposed to be a four issue mini series yeah uh that wound up developing into something much much more than that so you're right you're um, right i am re- i am reminded in the chat you're probably looking at it too those were the robin mini series that was good that mm-hmm. was real good uh, yeah that that might be the best one like good good job people in the chat which was i think uh scott and Others, it's going by too fast for me. Yeah, we, we got quite a few people in the comments already. Uh, Courtney Holland, Scott O'Neill, MVP, Kathy Bright, Jason Lady, Matt Posso, to name a few. Wait, I saw Trey Black in there as well. Welcome, Trey. And Jim Meal. 
I think Jim may have been the only one that I missed that's made comments. Welcome to everyone. Yeah. And I'll just continue because we got a couple of things to cover. Come out to play is a chronicling of the 1990 series, The New Warriors. The first volume of New Warriors ran 75 issues. Jared and I will cover all this first volume as I rediscover my love for this series, help Jared find his, and we share our love and joy with the listening audience. Grab your skateboards and bucket helmets. It is time to play, but, but, before we get to The New Warriors, we wanted to talk briefly about the ongoing New Warriors series that happened during the time of the main New Warriors run, and that would be Night Thrasher, For Control. For Control was written by Fabian Niciesa, penciled by Dave Hoover. It ran from September to December 1992. I believe every cover was drawn by Mark Bagley, and it had inks by Mr. Hoover himself. And these four issues were happening concurrently while this storyline that we're going to be discussing very shortly went on. But Jared and I thought it would kind of be a good idea to at least just talk about it a little bit, bit since Night Thrasher, the main guy of the New Warriors, is not in New Warriors right now. So what is he doing? We about to talk about it. And Jared can go first. You had the idea of reading these four issues. I could just, you know, give some highs, some lows, some what does, like, just what stood out to you in the book? All right. Well, the main reason that we did the four control is that I'm I'm currently using this new warriors trade uh, to do the show. And I mean, I have Marvel Unlimited, but I like to physically hold comics. And somebody bought this for me. It might have been Delvin, probably was, but I, somebody bought me this new warriors trade. And uh, anyways, it, as of I think we're about to do twenty nine. So after after twenty eight in the trade. It goes through the four issues of Night Thrasher 4 Control, and then it does a little holiday special, and then it goes to 29. So apparently that's the order that Marvel, or at least this trade, wants you to read them in. And so that's why we, okay. we read it. I had a, I had them all collected right there. Uh, so I'll just kind of do a quick thing because I won't take forever, but the highest of the highs for me of the 4 Control series was Dave Hoover. I always thought he was an underrated, underrated artist. Um just a really talented guy. I met him in a con and like before I was in the business back in like 2000 or 2001, I bought a really nice black canary print from him and he's a pretty nice guy. So that, that was the big standout. Um, the four, four issue series. The other good thing about it was just kind of seeing what Dwayne was doing and seeing, and it was really a story about personal growth for him. And I, and mm -hmm. I can appreciate that because I get the feeling that what, Fabian wanted to do was, you know, when he kind of reintegrates with the new warriors, which we know is bound to happen sooner or later, he wants him to be uh, slightly different. He wants him to be grown a little bit. And uh, so I see what he did there. Um, the only sort of lows or, or what does it was a little, it was a little nineties intense. Uh, if you're, if you recall, like the biggest joke you and I used to do uh, about uh, the nineties intensity. I don't know if you remember this from college was the Batman spawn crossover. And all they did was like yell at each other and tell each other they were going to break yeah. him in half and yeah, all that stuff. And this had that vibe. Yeah. Like it, they really yeah. wanted to show us how tough Night Thrasher was. There was a lot of that really aggressive dialogue. And I kind of snickered at it a little bit. Okay. And I did laugh a little bit about how he's like, hey, you know, I've got these three suspects of who it could be. And it's, it's not the first guy. It's not the second guy. It's the third guy. It was the first guy. <laughs> I was like, Okay, Dark Knight Detective, you are not, sir. Uh, you went right back to where you started. Um, but uh, other than that, like I, I wasn't overwhelmed by the story. I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was good to see what he was doing. It was good to see development, and it had really good art. I'll leave it there and let you talk. Okay. Yeah, reading it, I definitely think like the Mighty Marvel um, storytelling style came into play. And at least the way that it was. I don't know if they still do this in Marvel Comics today, but the penciler starts penciling based off of the general idea of what it is that the writer tells them, not literally every word that's going on. And so that allows for a little bit more creative freedom from the penciler. It looked like Fabian gave Dave Hoover plenty of opportunity to like display Night Thrasher in his spiffy new suit and all sorts of action poses. That was cool um, because, I mean, and not only did it give Night Thrasher, you know, his moments in the sun, but it gave Dave Hoover his moments in the sun as well. 
I really love that they visited some old Warriors themes to include breaking into Gideon's place. He broke into Gideon's place. He was a little bit smarter, had a little bit more purpose. He knew Gideon was expecting him, so he put on the camouflage, but Gideon ambushed him anyway, and he just had a slightly smarter plan. Like, no, nah, dude, like, no fancy suit. We're going to fight man on man, to which Gideon should have been like, hell no, I got some superheroes in my closet. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to yeah. take some powers from them, and I'm going to make this an unfair fight, and he didn't. And because he did, Night Thrasher whomped his ass. And well, yes, the nice part about that is that, like, Gideon's power set is to, as I understand it, is to leech power sets. And mm-hmm. Dwayne was like, I'm like Batman. I got no powers. Good luck, buddy. Knuckle up. Yep. Let's see who's tougher. Yep. I like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I, and Gideon was clearly caught unprepared by that. Now, I, I thought the story overall, it definitely proved this point. At some points, I, it was hard to just tell what Fabian wanted to do with the story. And what I mean by that is sometimes it came across as crime noir, but you can't really have crime noir if like your superhero is just like, ah, screw it. I'm just going to beat up everyone. Whack, 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 whack. You kind of can, but like it was much more heavy handed, almost literally speaking, and a lot less of like the crime part of it, even though he did do a little bit of, of digging and, and, and a little bit of research and stuff like that. So, you know, slight, slight, light detective skills at hand, a lot more fisticuffs, but I do like that at the end of it, um, the whole nothing but the truth storyline can finally be put into a bow. And yeah. you can t- and you can tell that Fabian had a little bit more he needed to tell on the story. And that piece was how was Night Thrasher going to reconcile with what Cord did? And for that matter, how was Silhouette going to rec- reconcile with what Cord did? So, yeah, um, I, and, I, I, and I, Night I, Thrasher for that point. I did forget to mention that I did. I really like the tender ending. I, I'm I'm the, personally a big proponent of forgiveness. Um, so I like that because uh, and and Dwayne needed that because you know as, we, as we've, I've talked about in some other podcasts, a big proponent of forgiveness because all forget all 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 forgiveness really does relieve you of this anger burden you're carrying around. That dude was carrying around some anger burden, and it was nice to see him let that go. That felt good as a reader. And I also liked bringing back um, for recurring character use. He put the guy from gene tech on his board and he put the priest from the earlier storyline on the board as well. So it was like, it was nice to see. Yeah. The, the not, and he had like a distinct purpose for each one. You know, you're the tech guy. You're the, basically the moral and conscious guy, you know, and that was clever. And it was a good use of characters as so Fabian's basically saying, no, I haven't forgotten these guys that I created. I've got uses for them. And I like that. Yeah, yeah. It wrapped up in a bow. And man, I, I like what you said about that forgiveness part where all of them had to admit that, you know what? We're not perfect. It actually said something to me a lot where Cord kind of was saying, hey, I here are the things I did and I did them for th- these reasons, which were legitimate reasons. And Thrash's first response was to cry. He was just like, you, you hurt me again? <laughs> you betrayed me again. That was his first thought. It's like, oh, oh, like that was that was tough to digest. But you know, like Silhouette's like, man, you've hurt me too. We 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 all have our share in this whole thing. We all were hurt. We all were manipulated. We need to move on together. Like, and with not only our shared love for each other, but our shared experiences and pain as well. Uh, I must mention in the in the comment section, everyone is uh, being nice and saying hello to Deborah Smith. Uh, just so everyone else in the panel knows, Deborah Smith is my mom, and and she's awesome, and I love her. So thank you so much for even dropping in by the show, mom, and thank you to everybody in the comments for being the warm and welcoming uh, audience that I know you guys to be. Anyways, lots of gratitude going on, but we we're talking about family, so I couldn't let that pass up. And now. Now we can talk about the Warriors issue of the month. We're talking about New Warriors issue 29. Cover credits go to Mark Bagley and Larry Malstead. And Jared is going to hold it up. And let me let me scoot over. Oh, all right. I'm already good. Jared told, I brought it up and he wants to talk about it now. All right. You're on mute, my friend. 
I'm trying to do too much at once here. Hang on. All right. Yep, Certainly. Take your time. Take your time. Uh, we have uh, a exciting cover. If you are a big fan of um, the group that the banner is currently covering, the Force of Nature, right? Force, <laughs> Force of Nature. Force of Nature. Get my, own, get my own banner out of the way. Oh, it doesn't even say Force of Nature. It says the land must change. This okay, land anyways. must change. Right. Okay. So you got Force of Nature. They're they're like a, a four member team, and they're in full body shot, and they take center. Around the edge, you have headshots of Namorita Rage in the costume that I don't like that I haven't got a chance to talk about because that showed up, I think, when Jason Lady was on the show. <laughs> um, Silhouette, Nova, Firestar, and Speedball. The cover has sort of a magenta. It goes from a dark to light fade from top to bottom. Wise choice of the highlight for the New Warriors logo, which is white, with the blue highlight, like an aqua blue, which really makes the with that with that magenta the blue really reminds me of 1990s taco bell which you know that's always a winner for me and i think no. one of the more, <laughs> i think one of the more interesting things about the cover is actually the corner box because they took that opportunity to put the two heads of the two members who aren't really featured in this one just to kind of remind you that they're there of night thrasher and is he still with my marvel boy right now marvel boy i think he's still going by at this point he, he uh, so that's basically still He's still Vance Astrovic, Marvel boy, as of New Warriors 29. Um, yep, good cover. Um, to me, this is like a Bagley standard, you know, where he wanted to feature somebody and then he put just the floating heads around there just, you know, so, hey, lest we not forget this is the New Warriors. I actually wouldn't have minded had he left the floating heads off and just sort of zoomed in just a little bit more on the force of nature because that, like they look like a fearsome foursome there. You know, you got all the elements, fire, air, earth, water going on there. So like, I don't know, that looked cool. They could have done that and maybe even like shaded them like Captain Planet and put like a fire behind one and earth. But this cover isn't bad. Like in my opinion, it almost, almost, almost comes across as a Bagley Malstead rush. Not quite, but it, it, it is, leaning towards that end of the Bagley Malstead spectrum than uh, the most spectacular covers that I've seen from them. Uh, just as uh, uh, Scott O'Neill made the comment of uh, throwback to issue six, I saw you uh, bring it up here. Throwback to issue six with Star Thief and the floating heads on the cover. Yep, absolutely. Um, and AU Kathy mentions uh, that she agrees with me. I think it would look even better without the floating heads. And Matt Apostle says, give him heart and you can get evil Captain Planet. Uh, so there's that. And uh, yeah, um, I think that's good. We can talk about the ratings for the cover. One to 10 nightsticks is what we do here at Come Out to Play. Uh, one being lowest, 10 being the highest. I'm looking at the cover, Jared, and my first thought, I can't, you know, I can say it, but I can't land on it, is seven and a half. It feels like if I give... I, I can I can't finish with it. You know, I can bring it up as a concept, uh, only conceptual, but I'm, I'm not Joe November. So I'm going to say it's Bagley. So I, I will give it the Bagley bump up uh, and my Bagley bias as well to an eight. I'll give it an eight. It's a good cover. What about you? I think it really hinges on how much you like the force of nature. Um, I'm not super overwhelmed with force of nature and you wanted to give it a seven and a half. And I was thinking a seven, you've got it at an eight. So the average would come out to be <laughs> a seven and a half. So I will stick with my seven. I still, I mean, it's Bagley and Malstead. So yeah, it's great, but you're right. It does feel like, you know, they, had, they probably plotted this cover out a long time ago. He's he, Bagley's probably gone from, from the book and they probably did this, you know, four or five, six covers ahead before he left. Uh, I could be wrong. You know, he might've, you might have been jotting these out on the weekends or whatever, but it's Bagley and Malstead. So it's it's good. It's not a sad face seven. It's like, yeah, yeah good to see you guys still here kind of kind of deal. Yeah, and consider, I, I give, I mean, I already have all the respect and love in the world for Mark Bagley, but consider at this point by New Warriors 29, he is the regular penciler, penciler on Amazing Spider-Man. And he is... Done covers 29. I think uh, we were told last issue I was schooled that 30 is the last cover that he does uh, uh, that they do. Um, but then he also did four control. Look, mm -hmm. you know, yep, that's Bagley. And and by the way, the helmet here matches the helmet from 
this mm-hmm. cover. I think um, Scott O'Neill was asking, are they doing the half mask yet? I just happened, I pulled it erroneously, and when they gave him his whole series, he did upgrade to the half mask, but we are not at this point yet. Yeah. We're at this point of ah. core control. So, yeah, I yeah. think Hoover um, was the anchor for Bagley on those covers. I think he was like anchor for the he, cover and then did the interior, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. You are remembering correctly. Uh, I looked and on every cover, you can see Bagley and Hoover um, did it. And Hoover, by the way, very good anchor <laughs> to Mark Bagley. Yeah, he's a talented just guy. Just saying. Yeah. I, he's um, one of those guys I wish was a little more famous because he, he just he's really talented. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Comic 4 reminds me, by the way, that uh, issue 30 is the lag back is the last Bagley New Warriors cover and that he actually owns that original art. Ooh. Like the first part was fine, a comic hole. Nobody needed you flexing, you know, yeah. with your original oh. artwork and everything. Excuse me. You know, I'm a big <laughs> proponent of fanciness, but man, like I didn't know there was such thing as too much fanciness, but right. Yeah. On fanciness. Yeah. Like, I mean, not only did he like, show the hands you know with the like the nice manicure <laughs> then he also just lifted lifted the skirt a little bit and showed the stocking with the calf that's how <laughs> fancy he was <laughs> yeah i was like whoa 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 <laughs> sir that's too much fancy uh real quick uh trey black gave the cover an eight said uh he's with me about the floaty heads but the force of nature looks fierce courtney holland gave it a seven uh, Jason Lady gave it a seven. Uh, Kathy gave it a seven, including the floaters. Eight for just the middle section. Uh, I think Jason Lady's on the wrong rating scale, but he gave it a four. Says it does the job. Oof. Like, did you mean four out of ten, Jason? Really? Really? <laughs> Got no grumpy, way. Jason Lady today. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you meant four out of ten. No way. Um, Matt Passo gives it an eight. And a comic fall gave it a seven, says it felt it could have been an eight without the floaty heads. Uh, and that's it. I'm, I, well, Scott no. says, too much fanciness says the guy with custom one-of-a-kind New Warriors <laughs> bottles took a link. It, look, those look, are man. gifts. <laughs> those are gifts. We we also determine what, what proper levels of fanciness. Only Delvin and I determine the proper levels. <laughs> exactly. It's sliding scale. <laughs> I got to admit it's I like, gotta, what I, Go ahead No, you go oh, I was going to talk about it in the chat I, The chat's this way In the chat, uh, I saw some people talking about Like, fire somebody, replaced fire somebody And they mentioned it in the story <laughs> too. And I was like, again, I'm not a big force of nature guy So like, they were like, oh, fire this guy Replaced fire that guy And I was like <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember the first guy. I probably won't remember the second guy. I I think uh, the new fire person was a woman because remember that Nova talked about um, it, like the cost, like she he preferred the old costume. It it accentuated her oh. assets or something like that. Oh. Yeah, I, because she was also in psionics. I want to mm-hmm. say. Oh, and for, I for- know. Full credit to Scott. I, I got the bewitch joke. It was very funny. <laughs> he, I he know basically Scott. Said that she got replaced by Dick Sargent. <laughs> nice. I know, um, by the way, uh, that somebody's going to correct me on who the old firebrand is. But while, while, while we're doing that, I should read the synopsis. Oh, see, there it is. I, there, I knew I was getting my order mixed up. Jason Lady ah. says it was Firewall. She became Silk Fever and joined the folding. Thank circle. God someone's keeping up with it. Right? You know, certainly not the person who's read the books before. That's not my job. <laughs> or and, extremely and, uh, recently. And to, <laughs> and to read Scott's comment, Scott says, Firewall, first force of nature, left them to become Silk Fever in the folding circle. She was replaced by Firebrand, a mercenary here. I know Firebrand. Firebrand was in Web of Spidey. I remember uh, I, that. I, that I remember him familiar. distinctly. I knew it sounded mm-hmm. familiar. Yep. Yeah. Some Alex Saviuk, um, Web of Spidey, I believe. All right. Let's. Uh, oh yeah. Wait. I was about to read the synopsis, but I'm skipping things. Jared has to read the credits for the issue. Yes, I do. Uh, so the credits for the issue are as follows. Of course, this is New Warriors number 29. Its on sale date was September 22nd, 1992. 
although its cover date was November of 92. Its cover price was $1.25. Story is by Fabian Nicieza. Pencils, Derek Robertson. Inks by Larry Malstead and Brian Garvey. Colors by Joe Rosas and Kevin Tinsley. Letters by Joe Rosen. And it's edited by Rob Tokar. All of that is thanks to Mike's amazing world of comics. And I will now give it to Delvin for the story review. Yes, sir. The title of this book is This Land Must Change. The New Warriors, at the behest of Project Earth to rescue the force of nature, landed in war-torn land called Transsabal and get very quickly involved into a rapidly devolving situation. Are there really any winners in the situation? And what will the fallout be? Let's talk about it. Highs, lows, man. You're about to bring up some images. And while you bring up images, I will flip it to, oh, it's already at story review. Um, and we can get to talking. Okay. First image is the setup. When I first read the intro, and they were clearly on this sort of mock MTV interview style show. You could tell because the the interviewers used hip lingo. Um, I first thought was, did I miss an issue? Did I forget something? But this is one of those issues that's, that's told sort of um, in reverse-ish. Uh, they show mm-hmm. you this interview and then they start showing you, you know, how and where it came from. And that was the first story beat. And I'll let you take it from there. OK. Uh, Trey Black happened to mention that Firebrand is an old Iron Man villain that I didn't know. Um, so that was worth mentioning to people's. Hmm. Yep. Uh, we're starting a storyline in, in here. I kind of took notice of a couple of things. One if Derek can't draw anything from the New Warriors, and he can, but if he couldn't draw anything else, there's some particular looks from the Warriors that he nails. One of them is Firestar shame face. Like, if his Firestar shame, she's got her arms crossed and she's kind of looking all down, you know, all red-haired and everything. And, and like, that's one face. And you saw it a couple of times on the uh, page one and on this page, too. The other thing is it sort of struck me interesting that the very first person to really speak up was Speedball, which, I mean, he's had some mature moments, but he's usually not the first person to speak up from the Warriors. And I just found that interesting. All right. Then I bring Can't See Us Now because it's a big splash page of them battling in war toward uh, Transable, Transable, however you pronounce it. Uh, very uh, Speedball focused. But lots of high energy, very cool art page for their our sort of initial flashback to this gigantic battle. And again, I leave it to you. Not much to add. Uh, it is cool. They kind of, they gave a, Fabian gave a good enough hint, I think. First, you know, the Warriors in action, that was a pretty cool, you know, you got like, prominently, the most prominent warrior there, a speedball kind of jumping into action, looking very much the masked marvel that he is, doing a leaping kick. Um, into uh, some uh, one of the uh, Transabal army uh, guys' faces. Uh, and so just sort of hints that the warriors look like they're kind of getting embroiled in something, that they're kind of having to keep themselves from getting subsumed by the battle rage. And normally that feels like it would be overly dramatic, but not in this case. These uh, guys and uh, girls are in the middle of a war. They jumped right in the middle of the war. So, yeah. That they did. And we'll bring up our next page. I picked this page because it's the first regular series appearance of Sprocket. Um, Mm -hmm. First appearance, I believe, is in the Night Thrasher Mini. And this is her first uh, debut in the regular series, I do believe. And so I figured maybe folks would want to talk about um, Sprocket, I, again, I've just been introduced to Sprocket. She's <laughs> kind of weird. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know what my opinions are <laughs> on Sprocket yet, but I figured uh, folks in the chat might be interested to share their thoughts, or, or you, you can. I have a feeling she'll be around a while. Here's a detail about Sprocket you might not know. If you get her wet, she's called Toad. Toad. Just let wet. that linger yeah, for a second. I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> all, I, all I want is to, to be this way, Jared. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Never mind. Sprocket. I wish you weren't this way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you don't. You love it. And Sprocket, she is, it would have been a good annual 
if they introduced how Sprocket came along. Like, because she was just introduced. They, they mentioned in an issue before that they had about two or three people as candidates for the new job. And I think they may have said Cord recommended them. I don't know. But, like, I wouldn't have minded seeing, like, who were the other two people mm. that they had to choose from and who made the decision that Sprocket was going to be the person. But very much hard-nosed. Uh, very much a tough person, just like Cord was, you know, and clearly she comes from similar or same circles that Cord did, you know, that whole mercenary thing going on there. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, there's that part about it. I don't think she's too weird. I, I think she's just one of those gung-ho, like best in the middle of the firefight in uh, kind of a uh, loose cannon of sorts, but a loose cannon that you want on your side. That's what mm -hmm. I got. And I, I um, happen to <laughs> be the cause of a lot of Toad the Wet Sprocket lyrics now. Yeah, I'm seeing that. In the comments. <laughs> <laughs> I, I take full responsibility for that. By the way, I happen to notice uh, uh, Pat Sampson appearance. Um, he mentioned great splash page, but he also had a joke earlier about um, Silk Fever is a uh, replacement cologne <laughs> for Midnight Fire. Just had to add that. And Trey Black mentions uh, a quick superfluous continuity comment. Transaball first appeared in Peter David's Incredible Hulk run, which they, they do mention in the book. They mention that in here, yeah. Which, how effed of a situation does it need to be if Hulk came in and he couldn't solve it? If, if Hulk couldn't solve it, what are the new warriors going to do? It's Hulk. And, and frankly, that's my, my whole problem with this issue and I guess maybe story arc. It's like every once in a while they do this. And I just don't like it when they do it in comics. So like they, they make it a little too real world, you know, which would beg the question, like if Superman was real, would we really have war, you know, and uh, on our and And of course, I, I love world without war, even though it was my profession for a while. I, I'd love for it to go away. But like, I never yeah, like yeah. it when things get too real. Cause then it's, it's just like, it's like, it becomes like weighty and you know, there's no good outcome. Like, you know, there's no, we know there's no good outcome. I've stared it in the face. So uh, yeah, that's, that's the, my big overall take, by the way, uh, of this issue. It's a little just too weighty for me. Um, not a big fan of this arc so far, but, but this is where the warriors dwell. This is where Fabian wanted the Warriors. Like, I agree with you, by the way. By the time that they set this whole story up, it's like, okay, on one side, you have a deposed leader whose relative came in and said, okay, I'm running things. And then there's the army side of it that's like, no, nah, you don't run anything. And then there's just the citizens that are like, well, no, we just want a peaceful democracy. Okay. <laughs> as soon as you say that, I mean, that is, like, you mentioned, like, I mean, it, it is, it is very, like, you could pluck this from the pages of, and I'm not going to name any specific real world comment, or, or excuse me, real world uh, conflict, but right? Like, this could be any real world conflict that someone has interjected themselves into the, alter the outcome is not going to be pretty. You're not going to stick your hands into this and pull it out and have a clean hand. It is literally impossible. And that's what the Warriors find themselves in. Yeah, I, I actually, we had a comment in the chat from uh, the comic foil. And, and I get it. He says the Warriors is building the premise of trying to change the world, though. And I get that. And if that, if we're, it's going to be more of this, I, I, I feel my enthusiasm level for the Warriors has maybe dropped some. Because it's like, I, I get that they, like, to me, they were always the ones that were going to try to tackle some things, like things that were slipping through the cracks, you know, like the Avengers weren't tackling or the FF weren't tackling, you know, but there's a reason the Avengers mm -hmm. and the FF stay away from stuff like this. It's because, like, I think they've been around enough and they're more mature enough to know no matter what we do, you know, some things have to be resolved of their own momentum and there's nothing we can do that's not going to make it worse. And I guess the New Warriors are learning this the hard way. Uh, I I just not a big fan of this. Sorry, everybody. You're, <laughs> no, you, you don't. I mean, this is being honest. You don't have to be, and I'm not going to convince you. What I was going to say is, 
um, Miranda, who between the two of us is the big media consumer in the house, particularly television, like once uh, Sunday recently, she put on, I, I don't remember what DC short that it was, but it was a cartoon. And the premise of the cartoon was um, it was an Elseworlds and Superman. Um, it was one where uh, the Joker manipulated Superman and basically made him kill Lois Lane. Which, as you might imagine, might not make Superman the happiest character in the world. And so what does he do? He kills the Joker. He kills him. And mm. at that point, it starts this steady downward spiral where it it got to a point basically where he came out and like was like, okay, to the world, no more wars, no more fighting. If you fight, then I'm going to stop it. Which you might imagine was problematic. Not just to the superheroes, but like to the people who were like, well, you don't know what we're fighting for. You don't understand the intricacies of our situation. How, who are you to even interfere with it? And this is a man who had literally all the power in the world to change it, but he can't. He tried to do it Superman 4. His... <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's it's not his business. And so even in like in this Elseworlds cartoon, the arguably the most powerful superhero that we will ever know could not do what the warriors are trying to do now. And so that should explain to you everything. So I can I can get why you don't like it in a lot of ways. So like that none of that was me trying to convince you. It was oh, just no, I didn't take I, it I as just, such. I didn't take it as such. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was um and and it looks like people are uh, doing a little bit of talking about this. Um Scott says, I think you'll dig it more after the next issue, Jared. This issue does all the preachy foregrounding. The big payoff comes in the second part of the story, which, by the way, I don't remember. So I'm looking forward to issue 30 already. Um, what I was talking about, I'm so, man, I, I can't even tell you how grateful I am to y'all in the audience for helping clean clean us up <laughs> as we go along on this. Rather than, like, it's, it's wonderful. Um, Matt Apostle said it was injustice of which they were talking, you know, uh, and Trey Black says it's injustice, God's among us. Um, and Jim Meal mentions uh, the new warriors have always had to learn their lessons the hard way. This is another example of this. Is that like that, that saying, that, that phrase that Jim just said alone, alone, mm -hmm. isn't that emblematic of being young? Yeah, like it is. It really is. Have, it harkens I'm, all the way back. I'm like a genius. Months. Yeah, I'm a genius. I know how to fix everything. It's simple. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You? you you're the teenager. going to figure that out all by yourself. <laughs> but, you know, 7 billion people can figure it out, but you can figure it out, right? <laughs> okay? <laughs> it goes all the Maybe way back to right. issue one when when uh, Marvel Boy was like, hey, I'm going to be an Avenger. And, like, Cat came out in his bathrobe with his coffee mug. He's like, no, nah, dude. <laughs> this, this is where the no, big boys live. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not. So, I, I, well, I was going to say, I feel like we've talked this into the ground. We haven't talked this into the ground. We've just talked about it. It was good, uh, nuanced conversation. A comic full mentions teenagers feel like they have all the answers, and this is a showcase to show a situation can be too complex, that even having superpowers won't solve an issue. Agree, totally. Mm -hmm. um, I want to rip off the Jason said. Go for Jason it. Jason said, then they become cynical and broken down like the rest of us. And they laughed. And to admit, uh, you know, that's, that's, there's a partial truth to that, though. Not so much cynical and broken down. I just think as you get older, you start to realize limitations of reality, you know? And I feel like yeah. the New Warriors looked at the situation as like, we can fix it. And like Captain America would have looked at it and been like, he's been to war. He's like, nope, got to fix itself. It's the only way it heals. Yep. Yep. And Scott, uh, with a funny joke, and we can move on after this, of so by issue 75, they all have lower back pain <laughs> and complain about Generation X. <laughs> Get off my lawn, Scott. Uh, Next page, sir. Oh, yeah. I forgot I had things to do. <laughs> I'm staring <laughs> at you. You're staring at me. All right. Now, this was like a little sidestep story, like a little, a little quick insight with this guy in the trench coat and the black. I don't know, costume that took him over referencing um, silhouettes, power of darkness. And it like all of a sudden it just like swallows this guy. It was really weird. It was very twilight zone ish. Definitely a seed plant for something to come. I'm a big fan of seed plants. In fact, it's probably my favorite part of the comic because at least it wasn't like the whole war torn heaviness. I was like, Oh, this is interesting. I can't wait to address this. So 
I leave it to you. It will and I leave a, it to the people in the chat not to spoil the seed plant for me, please. <laughs> yeah, it will be a very good storyline of the new warriors that's coming up. I am so glad that Jason Lady told me, like, I, sh- I feel like I should have known him and I couldn't. It, it was the Vanisher. Thank you, Jason. And Trey knew it as well. Uh, the apparently, Vanisher. Apparently, uh, it vanishes from my memory. <laughs> I, I, I didn't remember his name either. I did not remember his name either. I was like, he looks familiar, like I should know him. But the important thing, uh, Jason Lady also has, it's like their second enemy after Magneto. So okay. the man has history. But the important thing to know about this, uh, Jared, is that the Vanisher apparently uses dark force powers. Mm-hmm. And he came and he came looking. For Silhouette, who also has Dark Force powers, and it looked like something went on with the Dark Force powers, and he went from being present to being absent. Mm-hmm. I saw that. That's it. I found I'm it sure we will learn more about it later. Yeah, I find it interesting, too. Uh, like This is, to me, um, we're getting into some cool stuff coming up because my memory is hazy on it. And I like that because that means that I get to, you know, to use a journey line, reap the joy of rediscovering you. So that is really, really good. So cool. Uh, one more thing, comment by Scotty says, the creepiest thing the Vanisher did was show up to an MTV recording as a middle-aged man. He disappeared because Chris Hansen wanted a word with him. <laughs> Scott with the jokes. Like, lest you forget... Lest you forget, Scott, that Kurt Loder was a part of MTV for the longest time. And I remember um, South Park did the most hilarious like little bit on them because they were doing something mocking MTV. And then it cut to Kurt Loder, who didn't know the camera was on him. He's like, what am I still doing here? I'm at least 20 years older than anyone else on the show. And then he's like, oh, and he looks at the camera. <laughs> and then they're like, he meant to say that because he's cool. And everything MTV does is cool. It's the coolest. <laughs> anyway, next panel, please, sir. All right. Uh, a few people are talking about his old costume, the Vanisher's old costume in the chat. And and uh, <laughs> they, nobody really liked it. <laughs> Jason Lady said even Kirby had a day, an off day or two. And uh, that's something I, I just want to mention because I totally agree. Like, to me, you know, I, as a student of art, you can't not study Kirby. He's amazing, right? But to me, Kirby's mm-hmm. costume designs fall into one of two categories. <laughs> Classic and memorable and just batshit stupid. <laughs> and he has, like, no middle area. You know, he's 75, 80% is in that top tier. But those that bottom tier, you're just like, what was this? What it's, the it's like, was this? Was, was, yeah, was was he was he on marijuana hallucinogens or was he on like heroin? <laughs> PCP, like stay off the PCP. dust all the way. <laughs> all right, three more pages. I, I picked this one just because this is where the um, force of nature enters the fray. It's reminiscent of the cover. The uh, uh, Derek does a a great job again with the energy. Like he's he has to use a lot of energy in this one because there's a lot of battlefield stuff. And he's he's on the top of his game. Um, I like the panel layout, especially the the narrow window in the bottom of half of the page, which allows Force of Nature members to break out to give it that two point five D effect. Uh, it just mm-hmm. as a creator, I just really like the layout of the page more than anything. Not so much a story beat, aside from this is where the Force shows up, but just great page layout from my point of view. And just to speak to the story a little bit, I love how Derek drew them. Like, especially um, Air Guy, whose name I'm going to blank, Aqueduct. No, that's not the Air Guy. Uh, Aqueduct would not be the name of an Air Guy. Uh, Breeze Guy? Whatever his Febreze, (laughs) I don't know. The chat will know. The chat will know. (laughs) (laughs) The chat will know. Uh, He will, he will, Skybreaker. There we go. Come on. There we go. I'm not going to remember Skybreaker. (laughs) Thanks, Trey. (laughs) So they all look just like tired in battle warm and that was a good look because at this point we sort of started getting the picture of this sticky morass that will you know that the warriors got themselves entangled into and entering the fray were the people that they were supposed to be coming to rescue and as they found out without um project earth telling them looks like force of nature were actually combatant in as uh, part of this battle 
So yeah, we have some pretty smart folks in the chat. Uh, someone's giving a uh, Trey Black is giving shout out to the official handbook of the Marvel Universe for all this. And yeah, man, that was a that was a great great book. But yeah, the uh, high energy on this on this art is is really what's lifting me up uh, on this book. You know, again, a little heavy for me. But uh, let me go ahead and pull up our next page. Oh, I, I did want to mention too while we were talking about art. I don't know if it'll be on the next page or not. Odds are good. Yeah. We get a lot. I think in the last episode, I complained about angry face Namorita all the time. We get so much angry face Namorita in this issue. I'm like, gosh, dang. Like, like, like Bruce Wayne would be looking at her like, why are you so angry? <laughs> She's so angry through the whole thing. Namorita, you need to smile sometime. <laughs> I mean, she had to smile all the time. She's got like the R face, like through the whole thing. Anyways, I didn't pick this because of the R face. I picked this because, um, you know, this is a key moment. This is where Namorita has to make a choice. You know, this guy's going to shoot. This guy's going to shoot that guy. Um, again, the the, the, the plot, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend I know who's, who all is who and representing what side because <laughs> these, these heavy plots don't tend to stick with me. Uh, too much but the the point is this is a key moment where she has to make a decision where, where basically all there's like four characters have a beat on each other which one do you shoot you know to to have the best possible outcome that's the best way i can put this yeah i see you're not you don't understand so you can speak to it if you like well no you you nailed it it was she's put in that you know damned if you do damned if you don't situation she wants to keep the peace like we kept the peace by killing people. In order to save the village, we had to burn the village. Like It was that sort of mentality. And so it's like, it is a no-win situation. And yes, that would be uh, staple two that Derek's good at. Either shameful uh, Firestar with you know her hair, head down mm -hmm. looking table, or gritty, upset, ticked off looking name Arita. He, he, that, those are two big stables. <laughs> She's all like, she's got that, you know, if there's lion face, lemon face. Yeah, yeah, she's definitely name Arita lion face. Mm. Uh, Derek has going on quite mm -hmm. well. All right. Last page. Our last page for discussion is going to be her talking with, I think that's Gyrick. I think I know him from the X-Men world. Pete Peter. You do. Peter guy. Mm -hmm. Henry, Henry Peter Gyrick. Henry from, Peter, there uh, you go. He was from the Avengers, and he did some moonlighting in X Men slash X Factor as well. Right, I I read I've read more X Men than Avengers, so that's where I know him from. Anyway, I find this fascinating. They're they're really building sort of a cool like cliffhanger where she basically admits I shot this that general guy, you know, and and Gyrick's like you know sticking it to her. It's like a government interview, and on the one hand. It's kind of a cool, intense scene. I love the panel work. I love the great color choice of doing sort of the monochromatic green, like it's real sterile and unwelcoming and all that stuff. So from an art point, I like that. The the what the I had was like she kind of gives him a zip early in the conversation. She he's like, you know what, you you didn't consider the best American interest. She's like, I'm not American. Oh, cool zip. Then then my follow-on question is like, why are you there? Why did you go to the meeting? And, and uh, you know, the answer, oh, the government forced her. They forced name Marina. Good luck with that. You, she had to be of their own free will. So why is she there? Why does she care what they think? And that's my thought question. would be my my thought. I don't know the answer. Here is a possible answer. The possible answer is whatever it is that she did in Transibal, she was not ashamed of. So she had no problem telling a government spook or anything about what she did. It's like, this is what I did. And I'm proud of it. Like this conversation that they're having isn't over, right? It's a continuation, right? There's something right. that's going to be going on next issue. What? Certainly. I don't remember. Certainly. I do not know. So <laughs> that's my like, thought on it. I just, just thought it fascinating that she's basically sitting there putting up with his crap. And it's like, why? You didn't have to go to that. Ain't nobody yeah. going to force mm -hmm. you to do that. What are they going to do? Like send a letter to the, to the Atlantean, ambassador requesting her presence name or is going to tell him to pee up a rope you know <laughs> yeah okay we'll get right on that <laughs> and so scott o'neill comes with a great comment he says isn't oracle industries based in new york city they might be able to shut down her corporation of which it is her corporation remember because at this point in time namor is missing they mm -hmm. mentioned it either last issue or the issue before 
that Namorita also is taking over running Oracle Industries that Namor was running. Because you remember at this time, um, it was the suit and tie Namor. Right. And right, my the Namor, Namor that we, yeah. And the Namor who came to comfort Namorita afterwards and like, no, there, there are more calm and peaceful ways. And, and check out this oxygen water. You should just breathe it in. It calms you. It's so <laughs> no, that's a good catch. You know, so, I, I'm glad. Once again, I'm glad we have these detail-oriented people in the chat, which basically means they should probably run this podcast. <laughs> but that's a good angle. You know, I I forgot they had a they had American business interests. So fair enough. Good good job, people in the chat. I'm glad you're here to save our bacon 16 times every episode. Every episode. And as we're running a little bit, I, I like to keep it about an hour. Um, we can go ahead and move to the next section since this was the last page. Yes, it was. So, yeah, we can move forward. Take that down and we will get into the ultimate warrior and ultimate warrior on this one. So, Delvin, our ultimate warrior <laughs> is the person that we're yeah. most excited about who's having a great day. Which I don't think is anybody. And the ultimate warrior is who are we very concerned for, which I think is everybody. So good luck with that. And I'm with you. Like uh, <laughs> the Warriors did as best as they could in a messed up situation. Like Namorito, who was, who was the, the de facto leader, like flat out came into the situation and was like, yes, we took out these mandroids or whatever, but we did it. Because we're just trying to find a force of nature. We did not do this to help out the civilian forces that are fighting for democracy. We, we didn't do that. But sure enough, like, sorry, you, you sure did help them out, whether you're meant to or not, <laughs> Nita. So, so yeah, like, I, I got to give the entire Transibal faction of the new warriors, ultimate warrior and warrior, because... I don't know what's going to happen to them. Like they're in a situation that is, they can't win this situation. You're, they're not going to leave this. And the conflict with Transabal is going to be completely sunshine and rainbows. It's just not going to happen. So what, so that means that we already see them. They're on, you know, the, the equivalent of, you know, TRL live even though, like, with the heavy subject matter, I would have thought it was bad, but it wasn't. But but we can tell that they've done things that, while they have a little bit of sense of pride about, it was something that they also are not fully proud about as well. What that is, I don't know. What about you? I, I copped out sort of, but I, I didn't really see any choice. What do you think? Oh, man, for a weird twist of fate, I'm, I'll start with the worrier. I'm ultimately worried about Namorita. She's in a tough spot. Mm -hmm. She had to make tough decisions, hard decisions. So I'm also giving her my ultimate warrior because that's what warriors do is they make hard decisions and tough decisions. And they take that responsibility a lot of times so that others don't have to. And uh, from, you know, that experience of being a military officer in my life i've done that before and it's hard so while it it's not her most shining moment i'm looking at it through the lens of military experience so i'm biased um i i appreciate she's doing the hard work and making the hard decisions so but i'm worried about her for the outcomes <laughs> but yeah i mean oh yeah i've uh, we have lived this life we have seen these things so she gets both yeah. for me which you, is weird <laughs> yeah I, but I do get it. You have to make that decision sometimes. They're like the <laughs> quick military leadership announcement that is not going to surprise anyone. Like this is what they pay officers to do. Mm -hmm. They can literally put a 22 year old second lieutenant in a in the midst of a military freaking battle and have all the people look at them and say, make the decision. And they got to make the decision. Because they're the ones with the rank. That's not always easy. It's not always sexy. It's not always sunshine and rainbows at all, folks. It just simply isn't. So, yeah, I completely agree with you about Name Arita. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and to add to that, I want to I want to add one thing to the listening audience if they find this interesting. Um, even a, a a bad decision is better than no decision as a leader. Uh, now, notice I said bad decision, not terrible decision. There's a difference, um, but. Yeah, sometimes it's not a great, and I think we're seeing this with, with Name Marita. She's she not doesn't have the great decisions, but she but it's better than the no decision in some cases. So 
Just think yeah, about he's that. Making a decision. Yeah. yeah, as we're getting getting highfalutin in the leadership class here, <laughs> you know, I'll talk about this all day. I, I need to shut up and let you go. <laughs> well, reading some comments, a comic full says Warrior Namorita angry way too much lately and now has admitted to killing someone. Uh, Jason Lady says Ultimate Warrior was speedball speaking his mind on TV and showing that he's more than a goofball. Uh, Courtney gave the Warrior to Namorita and Warrior to Night Thrasher. Uh, a comic fool for Warrior gave it, says that he's with Jason Lady, that it's speedball. Um, Jason Lady gave Warrior to Nita, says those facial expressions <laughs> healthy. They're not. Um, Matt Paso says worried about Nita. She's got to get that blood pressure in check. And let's see, um, is there anything else? Jason Lady says Nita needs to turn on that Enya playlist, mm. which is delightful. Needs some um, of that Warnico <laughs> Yeah, oh, there adds, it is. <laughs> he adds Orinoco Flow will stop the whole trance of all war. We're vibing, we're vibing. <laughs> just pure moves. That's what they that's what the warriors should have done. They should have just, just they should have just dropped blanket CDs of pure moves and just had them listen to it. It's like Yes, sir. Yes. All right. Oh, wait, one more. Scott O'Neill gave a warrior to name. Marina says you have to be concerned when a water-based hero drops that many epic burns. And with that comment, let's rate the book one to 10. No, it's not your favorite because it's a little bit heavy, Jared, but yeah. I still have to get your rating. Yeah. Um. I mean, the Derek Robinson art does a lot for it. I really like the, uh, what is the guy's name? Van- Vanisher? Is that his name? Vanisher? The Vanisher, Vanisher. yes. Okay, Vanisher. I like that seed plant, so I'm trying to top myself up. Uh, you know, I'll put it at a six. I like it as at a six right now, and, and a little bit lifted by the art, a little bit by the seed plant. Um, and uh, someone mentioned in the chat, too, that, that this is the this is the hard setup, and, and I may get a good payoff in the next issue, so I, I hope they're right. Six. I'm, I'm going to give it an eight, so this is probably the... Uh, furthest apart that we've been when it comes to ratings, which obviously is fine. Um, I thought it was a good story. Like, I don't mind that the Warriors, that this young team that's still maturing are finding themselves put in these situations where it's kind of no win. I don't mind that as much. Um, And that is the sweet spot that Fabian seems to like them to be in. And I'm okay with that as long as there's character development that comes from it and it's meaningful character development, then I'm okay with the storyline being heavy. Just don't do heavy for heavy sake, at which point, then that's when I would zone out too. That's um, fair. Matt, Matt Paso gave it a seven. Um, Jim Meal gave it a seven and a comic foil gave it an eight, says it needs more Nova. Uh, Courtney gave it a seven and says, bumped it up to an eight with the hardships going on. Scott O'Neill gave it a, a seven for himself. Says 30 coming up is a nine, which averages the two-parter out to an eight. Jason Lady gave an eight, says a harrowing new situation for the new Warriors. Y'all, we've gone a little bit over, but man, like not only did we discuss a little bit of Night Thrasher, which was awesome, but the comments were good. And I just want to go ahead and try and read as many comments as I can, because like, I mean, yes, we would do this if there were zero people watching on the live stream and liking it on Facebook, but I am sincerely flattered that i mean in this case like i got like there's 14 people looking at it i think it popped up to 16 which might be a high for come out to play uh which y'all honestly grateful um thank you so much for coming and listening to us giving awesome comments we appreciate that please like and subscribe if you haven't already um as you can obviously tell by you know my comments this is the end of the show uh please come back and join us for the next episode where we discuss new warriors 30 where the new warriors continue into the sticky morass that is trans ball will they get too caught up you can find us uh long box crusade is the name of our network on twitter facebook instagram and patreon one dollar a month will get you access uh to the crusaders club which we would love for you to join um, we have promised Jared and I that if we get to 40, I think we're at 37, um, 38 Patreon, now, um, uh, we're at 38 now, if we get to 40, <laughs> that Jared and I are going to be covering, uh, for the Crusaders Club and eventually, uh, out to everyone, uh, the original Fantastic Four movie, the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. So get us to 40, make me watch that movie. I'm absolutely okay <laughs> with it. If it, 
you know, I, I will, I will, um, you know, whore myself out for your amusement. <laughs> as will I. Very little, just as will Jared. Uh, we, uh, we, we will be your private dancers dancing for money. Uh, there is a phone number scrolling across the screen now. 707-532-5269. If you want to even leave us a message about this show or any other show on Longbox, on Longbox Crusade Network, please do so. You can also email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. Jared, let them know where you can be found, man. All right. The first thing I want to do is echo the 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 chat. You guys are awesome. You really are. You you Again, Dalton said we do this if nobody was here, but you you guys, I, I love how you interact with each other, how everybody's welcome here, and we got our uber nerds. That's a compliment. Uh, <laughs> let us know mm -hmm. things we're missing. Mm -hmm. We got some folks who are just around for the fun, and that that really speaks to the balance of the chat. You're fun, you're you're mm -hmm. smart, and, and you're nice to each other, and that just means the world to me. Anyway, with the niceties out of the way, I am at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It is all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my artwares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. Not sure when this will come out in podcast form, but if you're watching on the live right now, or maybe on YouTube that it's already been recorded, uh, my next appearance will be at Dragon Con. That's a big one. So uh, uh, if you're going to Dragon Con, please come by and say hello to me at my table on Artist Alley. Nice. You can find me on Twitter, D-E-E underscore R-A-Y 1977. You can find me on Instagram at Delvin Ray, D-E-L-V-I-N-R-A-Y. Ladies, gentlemen, that's it. Thank you for being, again, such an awesome audience. Uh, and see you all next time. And please remember, be a hero to someone, even if it's just to yourself. Jared's about to pick up some bottles, I believe. Oh, I started to glow outro. because your mom said that she loved us in the chat. Love you, too. <laughs> Love you, too, Mom. <laughs> New Warriors. Come out to play. Yay. Bye, everybody. Good night, everybody. New Warriors come out to play. Intro music is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J O S E F L I N 99. You won't regret it.